Welcome to the fifth in our Renatus podcast series. In this episode, Renatus investor and advisor Greg Dilger interviews Brian O'Sullivan. We in Renatus eat, drink, and sleep SME Ireland, and we would struggle to identify any better entrepreneurial story than Brian's. We hope you enjoy it. I'm delighted to be joined here uh, today with, by Brian O'Sullivan of Zeus Packaging. Brian is the owner, the founder, and the CEO, although I think he may have done something about the CEO role relatively recently. Zeus are, and, and Brian are, are very low profile, and uh, that changed a little bit last year when Brian won the EY Entrepreneur of the Year Award. I'm pretty sure after we've had this chat uh, that you, you might uh, understand why he won that award. But anyway, well, let's see how it goes. I don't expect a particularly structured conversation here. We're going to just talk about a few things that are very relevant to Brian, talk about his story, and we'll go through it and, and we'll see where it takes us. Uh, Brian has been a somewhat reluctant guest today, but uh, thankfully we've managed to get him uh, here for an hour and we will, uh, we're absolutely delighted, Brian, and thank you for that. Um, before hearing your backstory, which is an incredible backstory, and um, I think it would be very useful for people who are not familiar with Zeus to get a snapshot of where the company is today, what exactly you do, the products you, you products you're involved in, the customers you serve, the geographies you're operating in, your staff numbers, and a, a short sort of financial profile of P and L and and revenues and 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 uh, profits and things like that. Hi, Greg. Um, thanks you. Thank you for inviting me. And yes, I suppose you're right. Um, I am quite reluctant. Um, I before the EY program, which you mentioned there, I probably have done very, very few interviews. Um, would have kept my head down and forged forward, um, building uh, what Zeus is now today. So, um, thank you for the invitation. Um, Zeus today, uh, we're spread across twenty six countries. So, I suppose in the term of being that lovely word global, you could say that we we have a global business. Um, it stretches all the way from New Zealand back to Ireland. Um, and obviously, 20, as I just said, there are 26 countries in between. Uh, we're strong in, in Europe. Uh, we've got uh, uh, bases in uh, the States and in Canada and Australia, New Zealand uh, as well. Um, your, our European structure is ranges from the Ukraine um, all the way back. And uh, our main, I suppose, our, main, our home country is Ireland, which, which we have a lot of businesses in and also in the UK. And, and the actual, like, what does Zeus do? Tell me about your business. Our business is a manufacturing and a supply chain business. So we we work across, I would say, every sector. We have businesses that, which for end-of-line packaging, which we call our transfer packaging division, where we supply boxes, void fill, foams, uh, for bo- in box um, for end-of-line manufacturing. We supply pharmaceutical we supply uh, supermarkets, we supply um, re- retail with with all the products they would require. For example, let's pick, I suppose, a supermarket, which would be our supermarket retail, which would be, you know, very relevant. We can talk mm-hmm. about Irish companies that we supply because it would probably give a good idea what we do. Yep. But if we have an Irish supermarket that we're supplying, I mean, that would be the same what we do. We would do in Europe for El Corte Inglés or Metro or Mark or any of the European ones, which we supply are the ones in Germany or wherever it may be. So we would, 
supply them, we would make and supply for them um, everything that they re- require that's not for resale. So all of the products that they would need for, for their meat packing, for their bread packing, for their coffees, for any of the, the food to go or the the for in within their businesses where they where they require cleaning products um that's what Zeus does so we have got for some supermarkets like a thousand products thousand okay. different SKUs that we would supply them and in overall we've got nine thousand SKUs within our portfolio of products across the the, the the globe um some countries are different it depends on where we began so if our journey in a country for example in Spain. We would have began with our transit packaging, so which which as names may, may suggest would be boxes, stretch films, and that for end of line packaging. I mean, we might be stronger in transit packaging in a country like Spain, and then our plan would be to roll that business out there with what what Zeus does in its full portfolio of products over time. Mm. Um, you asked me for some numbers. Uh, Greg, um, we're this year the, the our budget is somewhere in the region of three hundred and fifty million euros. Um, we have grown that obviously from you know when I started the business twenty two, twenty three years ago from zero, and the you know the early years are always extremely tough because mm. you're starting with nothing, so you've got no supply, no manufacturing, no anything, and um, it was you know the early you know to grow early to get to the first two three million is difficult and you know we've grown by organic growth and by acquisition growth to where we are today it puts us somewhere in um we believe probably in european terms of packaging somewhere in 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 what we do in packaging distribution and manufacturing um somewhere in the region of the top two or three in europe well i think honestly brian that would surprise that surprised me when i was doing research on this and i found out that uh, i'm familiar with zeus vans around where i live i see them i thought really zeus was sort of an irish business uh, and and, uh, and and even with the um with the ey thing it i never re- it didn't really cross my mind too much i never got a, a sense of the scale but it's absolutely incredible scale that you've built up from a standing start and i think most people will be very surprised i think having spoken to you about it what what what's even more surprising is that, that there's no sense of of that you've created something here that you're happy with that you have a massive plan going forward and there's a huge agenda for you which is even even you know totally amazing yeah i mean you you're right greg i mean when you when you when you when you make and sell what we do i mean our products are not expensive you know mm. as in you know so your 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 ticket item can be very very low mm. we 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 will supply you know down to a skew that can be within the euros. So, so like then to, to build um, up to the, the revenue where we've got now, it can be a very difficult, you know, to get to that kind of a revenue because of the SKU size being so diverse. And so in a lot of cases, the valuation of the SKU can be very, mm. very low. So yeah, it's um, it's um, it's quite a size at the moment. And you're right, we're, we're not finished. We're nowhere near finished. Um, we're beginning, I've got the same, determination, the same drive, the same resilience um, that I had when I started. Actually, I probably think if it's even possible, it could even <laughs> be more today um, in that, you know, you know, we've openly said it, that we we want to take the business to half a billion. Um, and at that sk- stage, you know, it would be a, it would be a very, very substantial uh, business in, in packaging. So that's our plans. That's where we're going to. And we've got a very distinct plan to do that. I mean, it's not that half a billion is not in 10 years. I mean, I would suggest it would be within three years. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's And that's where we're going to go with the business, Greg. 
Um, I just I didn't plan on asking you this, but yeah. it just struck me that when we think packaging in Ireland, we think Smurfit and Smurfit Kappa. Yeah. Do you ever do you touch their uh, products at any point? Do you compete? Yeah, I mean, Smurfit are you know some people may know and some people may not know. It's a box manufacturer. It it mm. it it makes boxes, and that's what it does. Now it's got a bit of a division a division where it where it does um, other ancillary products as well, but essentially. Essentially, Smurfit is a box maker. Zeus is Zeus is not. We we do make boxes, but what we would do is that we would be where maybe under where Smurfit is in some cases, in that they would be supplying they would be supplying containers and containers of boxes to some big factory, and that's all they do. But what our customers generally want is they want they want this they want much more options. They want more supply. They want it stocked. They want it stored. They want it delivered. And they want other products coming with it. They just don't want just a box option. And so we um, do, I suppose, compete with them and others, but certainly it would be, we'd sit very well alongside them. In a lot of cases, we work with them and we, you know, we we trade with them. So they're a customer of ours and we're a customer of theirs in that case. Okay. Um, Interestingly, in the introduction there about, about your business, you mentioned Ukraine, which is uh, right now we're obviously in the middle of something awful going on over there. Uh, it, it has a direct impact on you and it's a problem for you only because you have a business in Ukraine, which surprised yeah. me in the first place. But tell me how you're managing that, obviously, within, you know, you can't tell, tell me every minute detail, but generally, how are you handling that problem right now? Yeah, look, Greg, to start with, I mean, you know, I mean, we are talking about business here today and we're sitting here and in a comfortable uh, surroundings uh, um the people of the ukraine don't are in an awful terrible position where they don't know what's going to happen next and um and that's obviously a disaster mm-hmm. for the, for the country and for the people of the country so i'd like to start by saying sure. that um this is about you know the question you've asked me is about business so um ukraine for us was a shining light in Eastern Europe. We are we we have businesses, and when I say like businesses, we actually have businesses. We've got sites in uh, Ukraine, Bulgaria, Romania, um, Serbia, all up across to Austria. So we are, we we've got Zeus in, have sites in all those countries with actual Zeus people with regional distribution centers where we deliver to our customers, as we do in Ireland or the UK or, or elsewhere. So to get to the Ukraine, um, we had to make decisions. Um, obviously, over the last six or seven weeks, Greg, um, Mr. Putin was, you know, rattling that mm. that saber even more, and we had to make decisions. But we, t- I took the decisions based on speaking to my country manager, who is, a, you know, has been with the business for many, many years, and you know, ironically, now you learn a lot more about him in in the Crimean mm. War. When that was there, he was involved in that in in the business that I I actually bought when I bought the Ukrainian business. He was involved in that back then, mm-hmm. and we took the decision together that basically that you know we didn't believe that Putin was actually going to go mm-hmm. into mainland Ukraine, and again we took that I suppose because we only base our decisions on business, and we forgot the fact that this guy only all he wants is power and to crush mm-hmm. a country that he doesn't agree with. So we've got four sites in Ukraine. Um, uh, Greg, uh, one in De- one in Odessa, which is our main office, and I've been there several times. Uh, one in Kiev, and then one east, one west. Um, so 
it's yeah, and it was a, it was a country that was going absolutely great for us. We'd had we'd had a great year last year. It was actually just, as I said, a star in our Eastern European business. And so it's from a business. This is I'm I have to reiterate mm. this from yeah. a business perspective, and not a hum, humanity perspective. This is uh, not not good for us, and um, we just don't know what the outcome is going to be because we can't call it at the moment. We are obviously working with all our staff we've got 62 staff there and we are supporting them we are paying their wages we we are going to continue to do it as best we can we've got you know you can imagine stock debtors cash locked up in the country and all we can do for now is like every other business that's involved in that country is is wait and see from a business perspective and do everything we can do to support our staff for as long as we can possibly do that greg and you know you would hope and that's and you and again that word hope you should never base any business on hope but that that the, the amount of pressure that's coming on russia now from a political nature that it might have some quicker consequences on russia and if yeah. it does well then we have every intention every intention of picking up our business there and keeping going because we see ukraine in its current status as being um, a great country for us for the future if um, Russia isn't involved. If Russia's involved, obviously, Greg, we're out. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's a, that's a painful um, a painful issue all around. Um, Brian, we're, we we just want to go back. Now, we, we know what, what uh, Zeus packaging is now. Uh, sorry, the number of employees, I think you've over 600 people. We've, yeah, close to 700. 700 yeah. people. 700 direct employees, um, Greg, but we have, like in Asia, in Portugal, in other countries, um, we have um, thousands of employees that work for us on a contract basis where we would have machines that Zeus buys, you know, whether it be cup making machines or plastic machines or whatever the case may be, that Zeus has, has buys those equipment, buys that machines, puts them into factory, the factories are run and our people are there, you know, so, contracted people that run the factories for us so that we've got a direct supply and a direct route, which is, which is extremely important because during COVID, I mean, I, I'm not saying the COVID is gone, but I think you know what I mean. I mean, when it's, you know, we're two years in and the, Zeus, and we've had this from so many of our customers across the whole piece where our customers have said, you know, have thanked us for being able to keep the supply chain going all of the time. Mm-hmm. You know, actually at the moment, I know maybe I'm diverting a little bit, but the, the supply chain at the moment where we are today is probably worse than it was in any time in COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got, because of the problems in 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 Russia and Ukraine, you've got <clears throat> you've got ships that can't go there. They're avoiding it, mm. you, and a lot of the ports, again with the with the with the problems from COVID, are locked up. And Brexit, and the, presumably, and Brexit to a and degree, to but yeah. only much, much, much less of a degree for mm. us to because um, we were very prepared, well prepared for Brexit. Brexit, Greg. So Brexit has been compared to to, to the COVID and the, the shipping crisis that's happening out there at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Brexit would have been a less impact because, again, we had, you know, I, I don't want to be flippant here, but we we had we had many years to prepare for Brexit. Mm-hmm. We knew it was coming, mm-hmm. and if companies weren't prepared, Greg, they weren't prepared. But that was their problem. I mean, you know, the, you know, there was we we had plenty of preparations ready for Brexit, and we knew about it. Yeah. Whereas COVID, we Okay, we had a few months, but again, when it was in China, I was in China in that January. I had a fair idea of what was happening. Could see we could see it happening in China, and we 
knew it was going to spread. But again, it was very quick. You know, they, you know, on the 15th, 16th, 17th of March of 2020, when it eventually mm. really was on our doorstep, you know, it was shut down very quickly. Mm. So, Brian, that we, we we have that current picture. What can we go just right back to the beginning um, of uh, when you founded this? You're it's such an incredibly authentic story here of, of entrepreneurship. But um, you were a teacher and you pivoted. I was thinking that's you pivoted long before that word was used for what it is used today into founding your own business. I, Just, only, I only learned about that word a couple of weeks ago. Um, I was told it would be a good word to use, Greg. Right? Was, yeah. Very, yeah. In, a, in, a, in, a, in the, when I was doing the EOI thing, I was yes. told to use the word Pivoting. pivot, right? Very so good. seemingly yeah. it's a word to use. So, so I'll, I'll throw so pivot So you're in. one of our yeah. early pivoters. I uh, was an early pivoter. Pivoter. I didn't know I was pivoting. So, yeah. so tell us how that happened. Um, and we won't spend too long on that because you have talked about yeah. this quite a bit. Okay. But it is a great story. Look, I... And I, again, you're right. I'm not, this is not, uh, you know, the rags to riches story or any of that kind of mm. stuff, Greg. And I don't want to labor on it, but, yeah. you know, I know you, you seen that you've asked me, I said, I would answer anything you've asked yeah. me. And I, yeah, you yeah. know, this is yeah. not, you know, I'll answer any questions that are there. Yeah. Um, I went to, you know, um, the vocation, the Tekken for my, um, you know, I went from there, the metalwork teacher filled out the thing called the CEO. And I don't want to say I didn't know what it was because I didn't know what it was. <laughs> he filled it out and I ended up going to Toman College, which became University of Limerick. And I did a, I did a degree there by, I suppose, by chance, right? Mm. And anything I do, I give it my best shot. So when I got the opportunity to get there, um, I gave it everything and I came out with a good degree. And um, during that time though, I suppose the word entrepreneur, even though I'm I'm delighted to have the title <laughs> from EY of winning the, you know, the, the Entrepreneur of the Year Award. But again, it's not a word that I take lightly to. Mm. I, see, I see people, um, Greg, and I see them as real entrepreneurs. And I just see me as doing my job, working, getting up every day and giving it everything I've got. So I don't even see that as being that word and I'm not going to use it anymore, right? Even yeah. to some degree, but like I am, I don't want to take from what I've, what I've got, what I've done, but again, it's, it's been hard work that has got me to where I, where I am. And, and back even when I, you know, in the, in the teaching, I knew that I, not, nothing wrong with a teaching career, but for me, I certainly wanted to work for myself. Mm -hmm. I wanted more and um, many of the endeavors that I, I had, I, I actually believe that, you know, whether it was when I was selling mobile phones or doing whatever the case may be, we were, I probably could, and this is probably sound a bit arrogant, but I could have probably made any of them work. Right. Um, and when I went into the one, which is now Zeus, you know, um, the early days, that was just in crop packaging, which was to the agricultural set, agricultural sector. And look, uh, I moved on from that, you know, with, with one product and then it was one product for wrapping pallets and customers liked me, did my job. Um, even back then, you know, how I sold pallet wrap, which was my first ever, mm -hmm. I'll say, product in the business, we sold it in a sustainable way. So it wasn't my competitors at that time were going out and it was a price per roll, you know, so, you know, they went in and, you know, if you were five cents a roll cheaper, that's what you sold on. And certainly I knew that that was not sustainable from this, you know, from, because that business is built only on price and it's mm. always price, you know, you, where you're going to go to, because, you know, at the end of the, at some stage, you're going to end out of, run out of every bit of margin. So I sold price per pallet. So I was offering customers that they could see, well, it's costing me X to wrap 
this palette and that's what I did. So from the very, very get-go in Zeus, even though I probably didn't know what I was doing, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't know that it was sustainable. I didn't know it was it what, what I was doing, but I knew that selling only one way on price okay. was certainly not sustainable. So we, and the, the growth from then, when, you know, when, when I started with that one product, it's, I, I'm probably going to make it sound simple because people say I make things sound simple, mm. but then they want, the customer wanted another product. Mm. So we got them another product. And I think, that's, I think that's where it went what, to great. What often happens, you hear people reverse engineering the stories so that they sound like they were more planned. And, and it sounds to me like you, you, you had a product and then you developed the product and then you found another product and another customer. And without necessarily having a sort of a, a, a particular clear vision of where you were going you were just getting bigger and learning as you went along that's that's how it appears to me yeah and you see greg if saying that out loud it sounds like that i had no plan mm. and then that means well how did he get to where he got to without a well, plan yeah but right? i think the plan might have come a bit later i think yeah was there a eureka moment somewhere along the line where you just really things started to, to no I, I don't think there was an, at any point there was a eureka moment i don't it was you i i had a plan every week every month and for probably a year right there was always like a yearly plan mm. and the plan was that every year i would i would beat that mm. you know it's it's to to sit here today and to say that from from year one we have never lost money like mm. the business has never lost money, even even though we had some very 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 difficult times, like many businesses had in, in mm. the in the in the crash of two thousand seven eight. Yeah, I mean, which was which was you know huge for many companies around the world, but I think Ireland and some other countries got hit particularly badly, and we all know why because of that was dependent dependent on property oh, and other yeah. other aspects that mm. took took our country down. Mm. But even in that year, even then, and you know we were hemorrhaging. Uh, customers because customers were closing even then we, we made money so was it not planned Greg no there was always a plan because the plan was that I was going to grow a business and I find it simple mm -hmm. to sit in front of customers and that's what I, mm -hmm. I'm essentially a salesman mm -hmm. so I sit in front of customers and listen to them mm -hmm. and I can look at a customer and I can understand what they want and I can bring that back to them. And I think if people can understand that in business and can listen more, because I know this the old thing, you know, you know the story, you know, two ears, one mouth. And I'm yeah, talking yeah, a lot yeah, today. Yeah, yeah, you're not. You, you've asked to me to talk yeah, today, sure. right? So I'm here to talk today. Absolutely. I'm not selling, I'm not selling, I'm not wants, selling to you, Greg. Right? Nobody wants to hear me, but there hopefully will be plenty yeah, of people listening. So, I mean, it's about this, the, the selling piece and you know and what how can what's that about it's about listening so i've so i've gone to so many meetings i'm sitting there and everyone is talking and no one is listening and that's mm. what people do mm. and everybody mm. believes they've got to get their piece out so if you put in when but as as a customer client relationship you've got to understand what the customer wants mm. and that might sound absolutely simple but if you go in with a preconceived notion to any meeting whatever it may be and you've mm. already have your mind made up before you go into the meeting what what it's going to be about mm. well then you're going nowhere if mm. you can't go in with an open mind into a meeting you shouldn't bother going mm. and i've got that mm. now mm. where i am now in my life yeah. i can do that so if unless i'm going in open i'll say no to a meeting because there's no point in going in if the decision mm. is already made i won't do it i had to go to uh, fairly because of the problems at the moment with raw material supply um i know this is going off off target maybe greg but we had a we did a deal on the 27th of december significant deal on on raw material and by the 
6th of January, it was gone. The the, the raw material supplier, um, on it's, it's paper product because we produce, mm. maybe you don't know, but we produce paper products as well here in Dublin, uh, retail mm. toilet tissue, all those kind of paper products. And we're actually expanding that factory. The completion of that factory, of the actual factory itself, is in a month's time. And I'm heading for Italy okay. tomorrow because we've got um, 7 million euros worth of equipment coming okay. in for that business. So you're, you're actually edging out of packaging and that sort um, of stuff. You see, it? and the thing is, it's out of packaging and it's so because in we've got within our packaging portfolio as i said to you earlier on we supply most of our customers with you know cleaning products um paper products mm. which believe it or not that all comes into I mean, packaging it falls mm. underneath that yeah many of wouldn't that wouldn't just be us yeah. uh greg that would be loaned that mm. our competitors you know, would supply um, a lot of that kind of products. Well, all I'm doing here is I've saw an opportunity and we're actually going to manufacture products because 85% of of paper, retail paper, is important to Ireland. And I just think that's wrong, mm-hmm. right? It's a it's a product mm-hmm. that doesn't need to be imported. So I'm building what I believe is one of the most, will be one of the most efficient plants in Europe, right? Here in Dublin, here in Ireland. Mm-hmm. And... Um, that's the that's one of the stages. I think I've gone off point there. I'm not no, too sure. As a matter of interest, did you? What well, you're building it in Ireland? Did you? Yeah. Did you consider other geographies for it? I did, but but this is this is niche. You see, okay. because I don't want to take on, um, you know, the huge worldwide wide players in in tissue. Right. I want this is this is now probably an Irish piece. It's not. This factory is not being built in Ireland to export hundreds of thousands mm. of tons of toilet tissue to the UK and across Europe, right? I just think this should be, you know, an Irish manufactured pro- product where we've got sustainability without, you know, shipping air from yep. across Europe, wherever the case may be, where, where where it's been bought currently into Ireland. So I think this is my, you know, yes, it's business. I'm absolutely, because I believe it's a good business and a, and a hugely sustainable business for the future because I believe this is the kind of product that will be required into the future. But I don't see why we should be shipping air from Europe, wherever else, into Ireland. So um, we're going to we're we're going to produce the the, the the products here. So yeah. it seems, Brian, you, you're. I know when I, I spoke to you before about. Yeah. And I, you, you, you don't have sort of a deep education, and you don't have the, uh, the um, university business degrees and all that kind of stuff. But it seems to me, listening to you, you have an innate sense of of business and making things work, and you also have a, an inner confidence that things will work out, and you're not afraid to try things, because you sound in a lot of ways like someone who's been been through all kinds of MBAs and everything, but you haven't. You've no. just learned it yourself. It's no. just quite incredible. Um, thanks very much, Greg. No, I've I haven't. Um, and don't ask me if I read books because I I don't read any books and I'm not, I'm not a reader, so I haven't read the books. But you're I, a learner. There's no I've, question I've, about I that. I don't know. I, 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 I look. I think it is innate. I don't think you can teach it. I don't believe you can. Absolutely, you can't teach what what you know what that is. Um, you, you, so because if you could read it from a book or teach it, there should be a lot. There'd be a lot more. I'd have a lot more competition, right? Yes. Okay. So I mean, you know, I'm. It's it's definitely innate, um, and it's about what the, it needs to be the drive as well. Besides the innate ability to be able to read a situation, which I think I have, I also think I make I simplify problems because my job always was, but certainly now for sure, where I am 
in the business now is a is a problem solver and my job is to simplify the problems is to see what they are cut through them and get to a solution as quickly as possible that's why i believe zeus is as successful as is it it, as it is is that we are look i'm 100 100% privately owned there are no shareholders in the business um i'm i'm at this stage to use the word proud i'm quite proud of that you know um people talk about numbers um could we be a billion greg in two years time yeah if i put my hand up and took an equity um i know exactly how to get to to that level but all my and i'm going off point here again but all my all my funding so far has been with a single lender you know so we had we had single lenders up to the crash which was ulster bank uh, uh, sorry, my apologies, Danske Bank, which was National Irish Bank. And um, that was my only lender. They left the country. You know what happened there. I mean, we needn't get into that because anybody who's listened to this, I'm sure would be well aware of what happened to Danske Bank. And we then uh, moved our business to Ulster Bank um, and we've been with them since. So in my in my c- complete career of business, I've been with only two lenders. Um, unfortunately, the second one I was also leaving the country, right? yeah. okay, in the form of Ulster Bank. And yes, we'll have to, you know, uh, move to another lender. But we've built the business. I've built the business with one lender. Um, and today, I mean, di- completely different from where I found myself back in 2008, where, and I've, you know, I would talk about this thing, EBITDA, as a, as a metric. I mean, I didn't know what the word EBITDA meant. So I'd borrowed all of this money Um and not knowing what that even meant. So you're right, Greg, it's been an innate learning um, and it's been learning through doing rather than any reading or university degrees or presumably uh, or, or listening to anyone yeah, even. Presumably, though, you, you were lucky to survive that. Like you could have easily lost it. No, I wasn't lucky. Then. I wasn't lucky, Greg. Okay. I was just really, really, really resilient. Okay. That's not okay. luck. You don't okay. get lucky. You look is something, you can bad luck, good luck. So l- people talk about luck and it can be good luck or bad luck. I think it was bad luck. Do you know what I mean? That I, could the bank have pulled it? Could the bank have I believe the bank could have pulled it. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I mean, I suppose if you want to talk luck, Greg, the lucky piece was that I was probably so far in debt that there was only one man who could actually could do the it. job. And you know what, Greg? I used to have to go down to um, Danske Bank's headquarters every Friday and explain last week and next week, right? And it was a, a, a chap that came over from Copenhagen, so I doubt he's still <laughs> in the country because he was retired yeah. from yeah. their head office in Copenhagen. He came over and they ensconced him in Ireland. And, you know, we we actually developed a relationship. I'm sure at the very beginning, he actually said something at the beginning, all of you entrepreneurs, I can't do that Danish accent, yeah, as yeah. you can imagine, are the same, right? And yeah. I said, what's an entrepreneur? And he goes, oh, there you go. Yeah. And he started talking about Ibadan. And I'd yeah, say yeah, it at that stage. Yeah. But yeah. I'm, not, I'm being a little bit flippant. Yeah. But I knew even, I knew then, I, as mm. I, you asked me about my confidence, I knew I could work it through. Okay. All I needed was a bit of time. Now, I mean, I was, I, I got the time because there was nowhere to go with the business, right? Because mm. you couldn't, you couldn't give businesses away then, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, they were yeah. not saleable. And certainly my business at that stage uh, probably wasn't worth what mm. was borrowed. So the look piece was, that's where yeah. I was. And I developed a relationship with him. That's my job, Greg. It's to develop yeah. relationships. And we worked our way through it. And okay. we, not, Greg, not one payment did we miss. And we were borrowed to seven or eight times X. Mm. And, not one euro of 
of of refinancing mm. when we when we refinance we every single euro we we yeah. paid back so that's probably one of some of the proudest stuff that done so yeah. if there was a eureka moment i think it was to be able to do that and you know when you know again when covid hit um i was concerned clearly mm. because this was a new um something we didn't know and it was going to mm. be global it was going to affect every part of our business i mean we're we're expecting i'm using the word expecting you know, and I'm again. I'm being very conscious of the fact that there's human lives sure. being lost in the Ukraine at the moment, right? So I've got to say that when I'm saying the next word, this we're talking business here, Greg. Which maybe for a lot sure, of people, yeah. you know, they they would be, uh, you know, re- think that this is an awful thing to be talking about when there's Ukrainian crisis going on. But we're look, we're expecting it to, to remain in Ukraine currently. Mm. So with COVID, when it came, it was going to be global. There was nothing mm. going to stop it. So there was a concern, but after five or six weeks, we made some very strong decisions very early, Greg, mm. with COVID on parts of the business that I th- think that, that thought that wouldn't be sustainable. Mm. Some of that was the hospitality sector where we were supplying into, and we decided, you know what, mm. it's going to take a long time for this to come back. And it's better that we are probably out of it. And we've kept, and the customers we had, we've kept them, but we've kept them all with a different mm. method by pivoting. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, Greg. Yeah. We pivoted again to an online platform, which we had ready. And we mm. asked them to do this because do you know what? reps sales reps couldn't call anyway so i mean yeah we've made a lot of changes and um big, big, you know as we've gone through the business i i think i was going to talk about this towards the end but i feel like it's coming to me now yeah. the 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 other thing which i think you know is screaming out of you is you've got a good temperament for it because you know and and, and that ties in with resilience you, you you your your episodes or your difficult episodes have been you know hugely strengthening as it were and now it puts you in a stronger position than had that not happened at all. Uh, and and you do have that uh, ability, and I'm seeing it in you every time I talk to you. You see pro- the problems that perhaps some people see as um, barriers and, uh, and, and and issues that are in the way and, and a big issue. You just tend to see, see it a bit differently and you see it as a fence that has to be jumped and an opportunity will come after that. And I think that's kind of common coming through all your all your stuff and it, it's you know that definitely goes back to the innate i think you were born with uh, if i don't, I don't want to be a, a psychologist here so it's not, but i can definitely see and i said it at the beginning that when people listen to this that they'll see why this guy won the entrepreneur of the year because you, you did start with very little and you started with not a particularly relevant education but you educated your way as you went along and i think that makes it a, a really great story and i, I guess that's the, was the attraction of getting you in here today okay. to talk about that because you know not only do people and we all learn something we, we, we learn a huge amount from it, but it's also kind of inspiring as well that that you know you can grow great things from 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 small, uh, very humble beginnings. And there are loads of people starting businesses who listen to this podcast, and I'm sure they'll be, be amazed by this. And it's, it's kind of one of the reasons we do it. Okay, thanks, um, Rick. Going through a few different things, and we haven't got oceans of time, but we'll just go through them. your acquisitions. You've tended to use debt. Yeah. Um, maybe um, about the acquisitions. Maybe you might pick one or two without going into too much detail and how, why you bought them, what they had uh, and, and how you, you integrated them into, okay. the, into the Zeus family. No problem. Um, they're like the early days um, of the acquisitions. So I, I, I grew the business to approximately 4 million euros, 4 or 5 million euros, like just organically on my own. Then you, then there was a person with me and, you know, the usual man van, you, you know the story. Yeah. So let's not get into it, right? Yeah. And um, we got it to a level and um, I suppose, you you know, again, you did ask me this question uh, about events that have happened mm-hmm. along 
the way. My, my, the, the, the way. And I, one event that happened, um, which was, you know, I mean, detrimental to some packaging businesses was the bag tax levy that came in in 2001. Yeah. I just started the company in 1998. So we were two or three years in and we were really on, as I said to you at the very beginning, Greg, of this conversation, we were in transit packaging. So selling end of line packaging to factories, you know, as I said, yeah. boxes, tapes, um, st- stretch wrap, etc. And the bag tax came in and um, for a lot of uh, packaging companies, around the world and, you know, um, uh, the vest carrier bag, which is the, the you know, um, would be a big part of what they do because it had, it was, a, it was an item that would fit 2000 units, fit into a nice box and it was easy distributed and it had good value. You know, it was a, it was a good value item. So it was a, it was a good mm. box distributed mm. with a value. Bag tax came in in 2001. And obviously that market, you know, again, you know, you talk about, you know, and I remember hearing the chatter at the time and I wasn't involved in that business. And, you know, I heard some of the the, uh, uh, companies in Ireland, because I was only Ireland in, Greg, right? I heard the companies talking, oh, it won't happen or it may happen. And if it does, the the drop off in the the bags will only be 10, 15, 20% and still going to be okay. It actually dropped 90%. So um, we then... Um, acquired a company who had who forty percent of their business had, were invest carriers, and I, they were a customer of mine in Dublin. Um, uh, so I we bought that I bought that business and I bought it for the transit packaging piece because I was doing some of the transit packaging. But I saw that you know this supermarket okay. piece. So I suppose that was um, the start of how Zeus moved from transit packaging into the re- supermarket retail space. I'm sorry, had you dealt with the supermarkets in the transit no. pack? Okay, so uh, not, opened not, those up. Not, okay. Yes, to a, to okay. a degree, but, not much. but even even when you do, they're completely separate. So the okay. warehouse element in a lot of in a lot of supermarkets would be completely different than okay. you know the, the okay. goods for resale or the products we now sell them. Okay. They would be completely different. So that was the start of our acquisition and. I, I, you asked, you said to me earlier on, I learned then I got, you know, we, we learned some things from that business. I learned some of the wrong things from mm-hmm. that business. And it was, you know, it was relative, well, it was big for us at the time, but now obviously mm-hmm. relatively small. It was a million euro turnover. Mm-hmm. Um, but then what we did from there is we took that and we started to grow our uh, supermarket retail businesses, business around that. So I suppose that was the first step from transit to supermarket retail. So without, again, maybe you were right, um, Greg, <laughs> without knowing it, but but the innate um, ability to see that mm. we, could, we could grow the business. Because one thing I did know, Greg, even at that stage, that if I wanted Zeus to be where, where in my head I thought it could go to, Mm. And at that stage, I couldn't see outside of Ireland. Mm. Let, look, how could I see outside of Ireland, right? I, I, I Then we were just, I was, that was in Limerick mm. and this was going to be in Dublin. So that was a huge, you know, you know, thing for me to be going, yes. to be in two cities. And I should probably say something else I learned. I also learned then that, you know, if you're based, wherever you're based and you're, and you've got one operation and, you know, you're doing a good job as a business owner in that operation. Mm. When that becomes two, even in the one country, you've got to be really careful mm. because you're, you as the unit that's controlling it is spread. So then unless you start to put systems in place, you're going to have a problem. Mm. So I, I clearly learned that early days from that, that first smaller acquisition. I learned that. And I also learned something I think that's very important, 
is that the standards that you set yourself, unless you're a franchise, there are franchise operations we know like McDonald's and they're, they're franchise and that's how they operate. But unless you're, you know, when you're, ours cannot be really a franchise yeah. operation because it's so diverse and so spread that you do have to accept not the 100% that I'm built on. I'm built on 100%. It has to be 100. That's nothing else for yeah, me. I, I, it, the, the issue I think would be, can you build a, a bunch of fellow believers around you who behave and act and think and feel the same way as you do about things? Because you can manage pretty well if you can do that. Yeah, I mean, I've got, you know, again, I've got a, that you're asking me so mm. about my manage, management team. I over the, yes, I've got, I've grown a team in Zeus, a close team, right? That I know live mm. and die by what we do. Mm. Um, and I, I, I hope it's because of their love for the business, but I also think it's what mm. is my leadership and what we do. Um, and the we have new members, like I, you mentioned at the very beginning, I, we have a new, I, I, new CEO. We never had a CEO before. We, I, we've got a, a CEO of the business now that's based in the UK who's doing, he's in just over two years doing an amazing job with a CFO. So the, the management team that's coming in now to run the new Zeus because okay. of where it is now is a, a huge professional team. But the, old, the the management team that were there who've grown along with us, we have they're still there and they, they, they're running their own operations in, in a fantastic way. And they know the culture. And you know what, Greg, that's extremely important, right? Because if a business loses its soul, you know, and that's... The, what I'm challenged with that. So, you, you know, you didn't ask me the question yet, but maybe you are. What are my challenges? My challenge is, is, to, is to, for the new senior leadership team that's coming in or the new businesses that we acquire is to, is to keep the soul of Zeus. That's what's really important. Because if, if we can keep that and keep the quick decisions that we make and the other great aspects that have allowed us to grow to where we are, well, then we can keep doing what we're doing. But certainly, you know, you can't expect 100, you know, because that's not going to happen. So I've learned that. And you've got, when I go to a location where it be in Moldova or in, uh, we're opening a new site in Amaru in New Zealand at the moment, where, you know, whatever I do and I go there and I see something, I, in the old days, I would have been probably picky on it. And now I've learned there's no point. Yes. Because, yeah, you yeah. Know, not yeah. no point, that's yeah. wrong. But you, 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 you have to accept that, right? It's part but of getting bigger. It's part of getting bigger. Mm -hmm. But you do your, you know, you might mention it. I was in a, a site in the UK recently and um, to the manager there, and he's a great guy, like a great guy, the manager of, of the site in Liverpool. And um, I just mentioned something to him. He goes, yeah, Brian. And I gave him a bit of advice. And I said, look, I try, and I've said this, um, and I, I give, I tell a lot, I do a lot of my my leadership by stories. Mm -hmm. And have I time to tell a quick one? Of course you Greg. have, yeah. So I, I, remember, I could stay here all day, okay, just the no, podcast won't last yeah, all day. All right, okay. <laughs> I, I remember we, 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 when we were in Dublin, we started off in a small location and then we, thanks for the God, we got bigger and we grew. And we took, we rented a, a warehouse in Park West Industrial Estate in Dublin. I think it was 20,000 square feet, which was a huge move for us, right? Now we were, you know, very big and we went in and it was staff numbers were small there was a five or six of us whatever it was in dublin and uh and the 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 reception was painted this luminous green i mean the most horrendous color you <laughs> ever saw and um one of my colleagues i said okay we need to get that started tomorrow we you we can't have this right but i remember greg about three months later walking in right 
and the color was still the same. And I asked a lady that's still with me today, Julie, right? I said, Julie, what about the color? And she goes, what color, Brian? You know, I like, <laughs> because human beings get accustomed to what their surroundings very quickly. Mm. So I, I implore my managers as best I can is that every day they go in, at least even just once a week, once a week when you go into the operation, try and go in as mm. if it's your first day. Do your yeah, best. Yeah, yeah, do your best yeah. and just see what do you see and see because that's, I said, that's what others see. So yeah. we've got to try and create that impression. Uh, Brian, again, I was going to ask this right at the end, but we're, we're this is going where it's going and yeah. we, we'll okay. call it when we call it. But you're talking about ma- management there, but your management style, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's great listening to you and you're, you're, you're got, I, I, I said to you the other day, you're like a, an eight liter engine. Uh, you're just, it's just such energy coming out of you. What's your, would you, your management style? Do you, do you scare the devil out of people or are you, you know, clearly people, you set very high standards and you want them to follow that. Like that's, that has to, you know, you, you've got to do that. Many, many really successful managers have been very difficult to work with. Would you be difficult to work with? Do you think? Um, I of course think I'm not. I think no. I'm, I clearly I think yeah. I'm a great guy, and yeah. I mean it's. I think of course it's my yeah. way because I know what I'm yeah. doing. Great. Right? Yeah. No, um, it's being you know tongue in cheek. Yeah. Um, I suppose I'm difficult. Yeah. I I I I don't. I mean I believe I'm difficult mm. because I expect very high standards. Um, but I'm also very understanding. I don't. Um, if there's a mistake made. I'm okay with mistakes. Mm. I'm, I've, I've no problem with mistakes once the hand is put up because we can correct mistakes once we know, right? Yeah. The biggest issue I have is that when mistakes are, and I'm not using the word covered up because mm-hmm. we don't have cover ups, but when people, you know, try and fix them maybe and it, the mistake can potentially get bigger, Greg, that's a bigger problem. So all I ask, and it's the same story as I said earlier on about the story about open your eyes when you're going in, is that if there's an error, happens or if there's a mistake made just tell it just say okay this is what we've done we're in trouble here and then my job then back to the solution finding right my job is to find the solution very quickly because greg i've also learned we've got the impact of a mistake by us is we letting a customer down Mm. that's the impact right Mm. probably is that okay if it's if it's a money error we can deal with it right but normally the impact of a mistake by Mm. zeus is that we're going to let we're going to leave down one of our customers that's what keeps me awake at night, right? I, that cannot happen. That's not what we're built on. We're built on to deliver. That's what, that's what Zeus has been built on. And that's what we've got to keep doing. Yes, as it, as it gets bigger. Yes, all the, the struggles mm. that are out there. Mm. But you know what, Greg? We've got to be better than our competitors mm. out there. So if there's, if Singapore port is completely blocked up, which is at the moment, and there's a three week delay getting, getting stuff in there, we have to find a way around that. Mm. So, okay. Am I difficult? Yes, I'm sure I am. Um, understanding um, once it, the errors are made, yeah. Then next piece of advice is get back to the customers immediately, immediately. Mm-hmm. Start speaking with them, inform them, see what we can do and work with them. Don't hide, don't run. That gets you nowhere, right? Mm-hmm. Some companies do, I mean, would probably try and you know find, I'm much more, we have to be upfront as quickly as we possibly yeah. can. So that's, I mean, I suppose once we start, Governed by those rules and work with those rules, and you're I mean, consistent, and it's and consistent, yeah, and consistent, yeah, yeah. and it, you know, and it's it's a it is a consistent message that I'm putting across mm. that you know, I don't, Greg, expect people to be on all the time. Those days are mm. absolutely gone. But mm. when 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 
they're in the job, whatever the job may be, mm. I ex- I expect mm. the results that they're that they're supposed to be giving when mm. when they're in the job. That's small levels. Yeah. That's that doesn't matter if it's, if it's the CEO or mm. or you know the, the guy. Everybody's from my perspective is treated the same mm. I, because everybody is a key, absolute key link in what we do. Actually, to some degree, and I've said this so many times, our our frontline staff that are out there that are meeting with the customers every day, right? You know, you know, in the gra- regards of delivery, warehouse people, they're absolutely key because mm. they're the people who are, you know, portraying the image of Zeus. Brian, we're 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 we're, we're coming. We've you've answered some of the questions that okay. I thought you were gonna. I was going to leave to the end, but you've already answered them. We we haven't talked about sustainability, which is a huge theme in business generally. And and how are you positioned? Is it a threat? Is it a, an opportunity? Is it both? What what is um, it? I said at the very beginning, and maybe by chance, um, we always, from the very first day I began, we began with a sustainable mm. sustainable approach. We were selling our packaging with the lowest possible cost to do the job, and we've developed that all the way through the business. Now it's gone from doing more manually to we do it with uh, with computers and we do it within the innovation that we've brought to the business so sustainability for us is a must and that's not just we we've been selling i suppose sustainable packaging for 15 years but greg it was very difficult because Mm. we more expensive i imagine more expensive by 20 30 Mm. 40 50 100 now a lot of that has come back into line over Mm. the last four or five years and as you're correct the whole world of sustainability, the whole the world sustainability has taken on now a completely different approach. Um, but a business that's not sustainable and w- is not going to last. I mean, so for us, what we are doing it for all reasons. We're we're the leader of what a program called Lean and Green, which is a Dutch initiative, and we're the only we're the first company in Ireland to adopt that, which is looking f- for. Every single thing we do, mm. from from our lighting to our transport to filling vehicles. That's a, lead, a program called Lean and Green. So that's a very, very good program to be involved with for any companies out there that are, that are listening. Um, from from the goods that we sell, we never stop innovation and and bringing sustainability to the customers. Um, I was asked, you know, once, but is that not going to affect our our margin? So if you're reducing what you're selling, it's kind of ironic. But that's our best sell, Greg, mm. with a customer, is if we can reduce what we're selling to them. Now that goes completely against any business sense, but that's our job. And that's what we focus on. We focus on with customers going, and now some will listen and some won't because some will, some invariably will come back to the lowest cost and they, the lowest identifiable cost that they may look at. Yes. So they may think by looking at the price of X, that that's the best thing to do. But we're always endeavoring to say, well, that's not the best option mm. for your business. And uh, and then the clients that will work with us and speak to us and allow us to show them what they can really gain by being really sustainable is mm. where we both win. Mm. So that maintains a margin for us because, I mean, in most cases, the, we can reduce the real cost mm. to the customer and they have less packaging, less environmental impact, and it's and l- l- less CO2. Happier customers. And, a, a, and, you know, a customer that's really with you. I mean, we I've got customers mm. um, that are with this business since day one. And and it was back then, I could, you know, I could mm. mention one I called Baxter Healthcare. That was, mm. you know, a big global company that we were 
used the word we knocked on the door i knocked on the door because only was no we <laughs> yeah. at the right yeah. time and we and that's how i we sold them stretch wrap you know for wrapping the palace back then they had a problem mm. we fixed the problem and that's what we're doing mm. we're problem fixing for mm. clients in a lot of cases mm. if a if a client or a new customer has no problem and they have everything right i don't like then it's very hard for us to be different if mm. they're doing it all right and i've gone into customers and you know and we have as a business and we look at everything they're doing and going do you know what you're doing it really really well mm. and so then mm. we say fine you know but if anything changes mm. you know where we are but uh, you know i could mention we're with mcdonald's we're innovating with them we're supplying them across five six seven countries mm. across europe with the new sustainable lid which is the pulp which is a, which mm. is a, the, a pulp lid not made of plastic completely renewable resources um so that's the kind of innovation that zeus is at we are certainly and we've we've developed that that technology from day one you know i women hungry in budapest the week after next we're you know uh, looking at sites there to build a plant there because at the moment the plant is in asia look building a site there because that's what my customers like mcdonald's they want which i don't blame them they want it more sustainable and they want the products produced closer right that's what everybody that's the name of the new sustainability the products i suppose that goes back to my discussion i said to you earlier on about you know about producing tissue at you know close so it's not that we're i'm producing it here to export it all over the world which i think is absolutely the wrong thing to do sure. so we're doing it the other way around and yeah. we're we're producing yeah. it local to cut down on our carbon mm. footprint mm. brian you've kind of answered this but i i kind of have it in my notes here to ask you but you know, the 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 why do you get up in the morning kind of question and it's kind of obvious really from your energy and the way you're dealing with all of these questions why you get up in the morning but you don't have a shareholder group pushing you to 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 make higher numbers you don't have you don't have a, a desire to make clearly you're not driven by money as such and and, and you're not have a desire to make a bonus or to make a stream. what what's driving you it may go back to the innate thing we discussed earlier what's really driving you to taking doing with Zeus what you're doing it's, it's kind of a mission for you is it it's yeah Greg I I don't know if I can I don't know if there's an there's a there's an answer to that question <laughs> if if there was I think back to reading the mm. book and going to, you know, doing the university degrees. If there was an answer to that question, Greg, I'd give it to you. And if I could give it to you, I'm sure other people would be able to go. Yeah. You can't, you, yeah. it's not there, Greg. It's, yes. it's, it's within you. It's, you know, you know, it's, it's every waking moment. I mean, yeah. sleep doesn't really come either, you know, because that's the, I mean, there's a problem I have because there's so much ideas yes. and, floating through my mind and what we, we what we could be doing um not what we should be doing because if you have something that you should be doing and you're not doing it that's a mistake right mm. but what we could be doing and other things we could be adding mm. um and i mean the 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 holdback in a lot of it up to now to some degree the driver's been me and the holdback has been me you know mm. and it's to, it's to let some of that go which i'm I, I, we yeah. discussed already you know, um, my senior management team are are new. You know, mm-hmm. it's 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 mm-hmm. two years at, at at the most. So the the next stage of Zeus is to absolutely improve um, what what we have done. I've mm. we've built a platform mm. across twenty six countries, um, and we've built the platform now, and it's to improve what we're doing across that. And that's my drive. Mm. My drive is to Moldova. Is mm. to what we're doing there, you know, double it. You know what I mean? Mm, so, yeah. I mean, th- th- somebody asked me at one stage, you know, and it's a very, very valid question. You know, 
the UK was before Brexit even, right? It was mm-hmm. our closest neighbor. And now that Brexit, you know, because mm-hmm. we've got all our own sites in the UK, so it's it, it, it works. Brexit hasn't, you know, it's an effect, but it's, mm-hmm. it's the same effect in everybody. But like my drive was, you know, is to build um, this this business that's that's global, to be able to understand what's happening in other countries, not just for the, the sake of selling, Mm. But to find out what's in Australia, what's in New Zealand, wh- how we can take that learnings that we get there, bring them back to Ireland, UK, or whatever the case may be, and vice versa. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, the stuff that we do in, in the US, we've only a small business there, but certainly, you know, the, the growth that we, we could potentially do there by the learnings it is, that's what gets me up in the morning, Greg, is that is the, is the, is just to drive to keep the business going. Yeah, no, it's not. If it was, if it was you know, driven by money i mean yeah to, as a, back when i gave up teaching and i had i mean and you know people say oh some people talk about uh you know, nothing to fall back on clearly i had nothing to fall back on right so that's not i'm not even going to go there with you greg mm, that's obvious yeah. there's loads of days i've had nothing to fall back yeah. on right but like, yeah. you you that's yeah. the drive but yeah. you've got to have the confidence mm. you know and um i think you know to some degree i mean people won't think that i'm I mean, now that I'm talking to you here today, mm. right? I mean, it's just being... Well, hum- we, let's, let's be fair. We dragged you in. You, you did, you did, <laughs> All right. Let's, let's be fair to you. All right. It's not be, like being humble. I mean, sometimes, you know, you've got to have ultimate confidence mm. to actually be humble. But you've made me, Greg, to say this stuff today. I know. About That's where, the purpose of this. <laughs> about where, of what I'm doing and where I am. So, um, no, the, you know, you, you, it's it's about the focus and the drive just mm. to, build, to build a business. Sure. To build a business. And where that end game is... I don't know, Greg. I'm not going to put an in, an in game in this. I've always said two things will stop me. I mean, if for some reason uh, the the drive and the desire that's, mm. that's absolutely in me 24 hours a day goes and I get up two days in a row. I mean, if it's two days in a row and I don't want to do this, I'm out. Yeah. Because yeah, you yeah. then you have a problem. One yeah. day you can have a bad day. Yeah, sure. You know, and course, I don't yeah. have many, but you yeah, can have one. Yeah, yeah. And the other yeah. thing is clearly if yeah. my my if my health was an issue i mean mm. i can't do it yeah. but now though where we are yeah, yeah. where zeus is now with how sustainable it is and to some degree and, and i know you know again we're talking about ukraine mm. it's it's like you know i've been very very careful because of the crisis is mm. there but we've built a business that's that sustainable that if we lose a country you know from a business perspective please everybody from a business perspective Zeus is that sustainable or if we lose a, a product range or whatever we've built such a sustainable business that you know we can lose we can lose a section we can lose uh we've like within the business Greg we've got no customer that's over two percent of our business uh-huh. I mean that's incredible a, that's, that's a, a very strong place to be you know what I mean where you've got a business that's that diverse that you have no customer mm. over 2%, mm. and, and mm. then you can lose. It's very unusual. Most businesses have a dependency. They on can do something, that. yeah. And we have no dependency mm. on the customers or on mm. a sector. Or on or a geography. On a, or, or on a geography. Mm. And yeah. I think that was the, the, you know, the trip with COVID was, it's going to be everywhere. But again, we, yeah. we've managed through that. Yeah. Um, I'm just wrapping it up now. This is, I'm, I spoke to you the other day. I'm speaking to you again now. Like you, you've, It's totally infectious. What you have <laughs> is infectious. I, I'd say your staff... You know, you might 
drive them bananas in your so that you're so demanding but I'm sure you inspire them and I'm sure they they want to work for a winning team and they want to work for it why why not work for a winning team as opposed to just a team and I, and, and and that's probably the demand coming down from you you're no poster boy for for a work-life balance and people no. talk about that a lot yeah but you're as, as slim as a whippet you look as healthy as anybody I've ever seen so you know you're doing all the right things but just to sort of wrap it up Brian it's been an absolute uh, joy talking to you I really enjoyed it um, I was led to expect that 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 you'd make an impact. You absolutely have, and uh, I did also say that the people listening to this will, will might get some idea why you won that EY thing. I th- hopefully they'll they'll notice that now. But thank you very much and for taking the time out. Thank you so much, Greg. Not at all. My pleasure. Thank you.